Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast, and this week it's another somebody session in which these nobodies bring on a somebody who is an expert or rising star in their field. This week, our somebody is a multi-talented boss lady. When she's not practicing yoga or dropping knowledge on her podcast, What Are You Bringing?, She's developing her brand, Ace Yoga LA, which includes a candle collection, monthly workshops, and, a, and much, much more. This week's somebody is my friend and a true ray of sunshine in real life, Alicia Ace Easter. All right, we're recording. You start. Okay, first of all, do not tell me what to do. Talked right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. And I'm Bryce. And we are the Nobodies, experts on nothing. Opinions on everything. Hey, that's me. Hi. That's you. That's you. Hey. Hey, hey. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream, you know? You truly are living the dream. I'm living living the dream, babe. I'm living the dream now. Like, I've I've been saying, I used to say that I was living the dream when I really wasn't living the dream, and then here we are. (laughs) Going, going yes. to Trader Joe's in the middle of the afternoon like a housewife. I know, but you work your ass off to be able to do that. So that's, yeah, we'll get into that, obviously. You really do. Well, uh, for all the listeners out there, Ace, I met you at a at your birthday pool party, which I drank entirely too many White Claws at. Everyone is shocked, by the way. But I wanted to know, how did you guys, how did you and Annie meet? Uh, yoga at White Heat yeah. Yoga. Yeah, mm-hmm. a- Annie came to. She would come to my yoga classes, and then um, she was like one of the first few that would be coming to my classes when we opened up. And so I could always, I would always be like, okay, I know Annie's going to be there. <laughs> we yeah. at least be worried about when people, if students <laughs> would be in class. And then, um, and then we just developed the friendship from there. Like, how can you not? It's Annie. Like you talk to her and you're like, I want to be friends with you. So now we're well, friends. <laughs> I know I remember we are friends. And also I think you are the friendlier one because I I just there was something That's about not your a <laughs> I was my mom's a yoga instructor, obviously. And so I had some experience with yoga, but I had never taken hot yoga before. So I started coming to your classes and you made it very approachable, which I liked because I was very intimidated, which is kind of counterintuitive to yoga, but I was. And I remember after one class, you came up to me and we were both so sweaty and you were like, can I give you a hug? And I was like, Aww. yes. <laughs> like literally ever since back when we were like allowed to hug people. I know. But, but ever since then we've been friends. Like that was the icebreaker. Yeah. God, just think about that now, Annie. Will we, will we ever go back to sweaty hugs again? Like with, I mean, with you and I will. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. But like, we'll, we'll... you and I, Annie. <laughs> Never. Never in a million years. Don't even come near me when you're sweaty. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I remember, that's, that's I remember Annie just raving about your classes, Ace, all the time at White Heat Yoga, as you mentioned. Um, she would go there and always talk about it. I wish I, I just could not get my ass out of bed at 6 a.m. because a lot of times you would teach that. Oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just making yeah. excuses for myself. Really? I should, I, I really wish I could have taken your classes, but Annie, what did, what makes a such an amazing teacher? Do you think? Um, 
Oh, gosh, I wouldn't even, I think teaching is just like an extension of who she is as a person. So I always, anytime someone asks me how Ace is, I say she is a ray of sunshine in human form. Um, <laughs> truly like the most positive, warm, never met a stranger person. Like you are just, it's impossible not to become like instant friends with her. Oh, oh. your check's in the mail, babe. <laughs> <laughs> But don't cash it for a few weeks. I'm still waiting for some stuff to come in. <laughs> Ace, well, why did you get started? Why did you get started teaching yoga in the first place? Um, you know, I started teaching yoga when I realized that there was a lack of diversity um, of in the wellness industry, in the yoga industry. So I would go to these. And for me, it wasn't something that I would necessarily shy away from because I'd be one of the only people of color in class because of where I grew up in Atlanta in a predominantly white neighborhood in Atlanta, the sports that I played growing up, it was always like maybe make me and one other, maybe two other black girls. Um, but I realized that how much I loved yoga and how much it saved my life when I was like grieving the loss of my mom and just also moving around these different cities and states. Um, Every six to eight weeks, I always knew that I could find a yoga studio um, wherever I landed. And I was like, okay, so there's not a lot of people in here that look like me that are practicing. There was nobody really that I could recall, except for maybe one woman. Actually, I remember at the YMCA on the south side of Chicago when I was on assignment there, um, gorgeous, regal, um, black um, woman teacher. But I wanted to get into it because I saw the the need for more diversity. So I wanted to become a teacher. And then I've always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and I was thinking about this last night when I, I'm working on this um, this monologue. And I my friend was like, voice record, start telling your story from your perspective as a Black woman, not someone else's, but from your own. And it's very... Um, I've never fit into any sort of one box. And so I was thinking about, it, I was like, wow, that's, I've, even when I was little, I wanted to be a teacher, but I didn't know what that would look like. And then I grew up and I was telling someone and they're telling me about how much teachers made. And I was like, well, that's offensive. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, that's crazy. They should be getting paid more. And then also, so I don't want to do that anymore. You know, you like always <laughs> thinking about money when you're little, you're like, cause I need to oh, be. Yeah like rolling in the deep. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I'd have $15 and I thought I was rich. And so, um, so, but I always had the, the want to like just share information that any sort of information that I would come across. And so I was like, okay, so yoga saved my life. And I know that there are tons of people out there that are um, probably dealing with the same things that I was dealing with um, or, you know, uh, adjacent. And then, you know, I was like, it's, it, this is what I want to do. And I started the yoga teacher training and they were like, who wants to teach? And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm making this four grand investment. You fucking better believe I'm going to teach you know? <laughs> sit for shits and giggles. But there were people in there. There were in fact doing it for shits and giggles. I was like, bless you. Um, adopt me. And so, um, <laughs> and so, and so, yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is, 
and it's it, my teaching style has changed so much since I first started at White Heat to like more of a uh, a soul slow connection now to the lineage um, of yoga versus this like super athletic like mm-hmm. um, power flow. Yeah, I love oh, that. Yeah. One. She she used to drop us into a crescent lunge and make us sit there for about two minutes. <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah. Crescent Ex- lunges are hard. They are, and I remember it, I would always I, I would look over at Annie like, oh shit, Annie's gonna kill me because I would just make eye, I would just make eye contact with her the whole time. Like, are you kidding me? And then I'd be smiling the whole time, which I don't know if that helped or hurt the situation. Hurt, hurt, <laughs> always hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ace, real quickly before before we get too far, for our listeners, would you mind telling us where you were, why you were on assignment? Yeah, I, absolutely. So I had this job right out of college where I lived in a new city and state every six to eight weeks leasing apartments. And like I learned so much about which actually kind of like helped me at the start of the pandemic um, being that I live alone. And so it was like, oh my gosh, I'm isolating here alone. And at first it was like really cute because it got a little reprieve from life, right? But then it was like, oh my God, okay. So I'm all alone again. It was like, I'm working for the company that I work for out of college. And, you know, it was, you you really get to, you really get to know yourself and you really get to know that I can literally make friends anywhere. And it's something that I that brings me great joy. But also during that time, guys, what I noticed was like, Instead of me going back to Atlanta where I grew up and like, you know, I had a boyfriend in college for the first like four years and then like coming into, I was a four and a half year graduate. No shame. I wanted an extra football season. And so, (laughs) but I was like, and we broke up my senior year. And had I, I think that had I not broken up with him, I probably would have ended up back in Atlanta, like married kids, like. I mean, actually, probably not, because that doesn't even it just would not have been even in the cards for me. And so but it was also a way for me to literally not have to go back to Atlanta and deal with the fact that like grieving the death of my mother. Mm -hmm. So who had died when I was a freshman in college. And so I was like, already, instead of dealing with grief, I'm going to get a job where I can go and be anywhere and be whoever I want. And knowing that I don't have to stay there forever, be there for six to eight weeks and then go off. So it was a lot of it was a lot of running. So mm-hmm. you couldn't do that in the pandemic. So you're sitting with, you know, your stuff. And when I moved to L.A. 10 years ago, it was, oh, I'm really rooted here now. So no running. So I'm here. Mm-hmm. So I had yeah. to confront a lot of things that I put on the back burner. You practice that. I mean, that's part of that's part of the thing that you help people do is help them with grief. And so what did that, has, has this experience in the pandemic informed your practicing of grief or teaching people how to do, how to grieve, I mean, the way that they want to properly grieve? Yeah, because, you know, essentially like normally you associate grief with the death of someone, right? Or, you know, when I went through a breakup a few years ago, um, uh, the longest relationship that I was in, um, and it was like grieving the death of this relationship. Right. But what I don't think people realize until the pandemic happened is a lot of people are grieving the loss of a life they once knew a life that they had associated 
associated with worthiness, right? Like, okay, so you have this work dinner and you have this work lunch and you have to go to this work event. And like, you know, I work here. And so the perks to go there and doing all these things. So a lot of people were grieving the death of an identity that they didn't really associate. I mean, they, they probably associated with, but it wasn't really them dealing with who they really were because they didn't have to, because it was going into the office. It was going here. It was meeting up with a friend, going to brunch, like anything like that. So um, I, what I found in sharing what I was going through was and talking to other people that, you know, we're all grieving. We're all grieving. Even if, even if we've never lost someone or a relationship hasn't ended, we're grieving the death of a life that we won't know ever again. So that was like, Oh yeah, let's talk about this. And, you know, and not, not make it this exclusive only to the end of something, the, the death of a person or a breakup or, even a job ending, you know? So a lot of people were grieving the loss of their jobs, like really mm-hmm. just like, yeah. So Gosh, it's, it's so one... in... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. It's, I was going to say, it's interesting. I, had, I did not say it as eloquently as you just did, but I had a lot of conversations with friends and, you know, coworkers and things like that about having to kind of look yourself in the mirror during the pandemic and, and T and I talked about it a lot. It's like people had to look at themselves and really look at themselves for the first time in their life mm-hmm. because there wasn't wow. anything to run and go do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, that is just so interesting how we're all maybe for the first time ever really experiencing something on the same mm-hmm. plane. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I just would like to say, put it on record that this is the most insightful conversation we've ever had on this podcast. Ever. This, that, <laughs> I will say also that the bar is very low. The bar is very low. So let's just all put it in perspective. But thank you. That was so insightful. Well, Ace, you, you've told us a lot about what you did before, but let's talk about what's happening now. Because I said before we were t- before we were before we started recording, a lot of people had a crap year in 2020, but you got some major shit done. You've recently spent a lot of time cultivating your brand, Ace Yoga LA, which allowed you to quit your corporate job, as you mentioned, to pursue it full time. So, what inspired you to? finally um pers- take this leap into uh, entrepreneurship i kept getting in trouble at work <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay how long am i gonna stay mad at them for doing for me not doing what i'm supposed to be doing right like how, yeah. how that sound right that's that's backwards right <laughs> But no, seriously, it was like, okay, all right, Ace, you got to, I mean, it's like, all right, are you going to, are you going to step into your truth? Are you going to do what you're supposed to do? Or are you just going to be, stay continuously mad at other people, but really just mad at yourself? And so I started this job um, and it was beautiful work, really grateful for my time there, but also really um, it, it was like it expired and I was like, okay, it's time for me to, it's time for me to move on. And so I started the candle line. I launched it. Um, Which is I am can the I, I am candle the, the, I am, the, launched the I am candle collection. Yes, thank you. Um, July seventh, and it only launched because someone bought a candle. Like I had this whole marketing plan <laughs> ready to go, and like you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist, so you know, marketing is my background. And so I was like, okay, we're gonna launch, and then it's gonna be this and that, the brand. And then someone, I woke up and I was like, oh, someone bought a candle. 
And then someone kept buying them and then people kept buying them. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And so um, I was like, all right, cool. Um, I, this is, I've got something here. And um, starting the candle line really helped me embody the message I am. So I am is like a reminder that you're not alone. Like you're, when you, when your voice shakes, when you have to go and have these uncomfortable conversations or really stand up for yourself and ask for what you want, you're not alone. The great I am, which I believe in God, um, God sent me. God gave me the voice. God gave me the words. So I'm not by myself. And also the, my ancestors, I um, talk a lot about and my spirit guides and, you know, my mother and my grandmother and my great grandmother and, you know, even <clears throat> my father in the spiritual realm um, because I didn't have a relationship with him. So there was a lot of forgiveness of him last year and his non-role in my life and now feeling it more than ever because I never knew it while he was earthside now um, that he's passed away. So I started the candle line and it was, and it was one day I woke up and it was at two o'clock in the morning. And it was all I could think about. It was like, I was counting candles in my head and in inventory. And I wrote the resignation letter about two weeks, not two weeks, two months before I turned it in. And so I was jolted out of my bed, like I said, at 2 AM and I was like, okay, just I'm up now. I can't stop thinking about this. And I'm standing in my kitchen and I was like, it's time for me to quit my job. It was like, it was time because I was getting so wrapped up in the, the oh, what, what I don't have and how I'm not prepared, right? Rather than focusing on the fact of like so much that I do and so much support and so how so many people and that I realized so many people were rooting me on when I told them that I was leaving the company, they were like, oh, absolutely, you'll be fine. No, <laughs> they were like, oh. Okay, we were waiting for you to say this because we knew that you telling us all that you've got going on, you know, outside um, during this time of me working from home, I was doing all this stuff and everyone's like, How? oh, you still have a full time job. And I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> allegedly, you know, like uh, <laughs> I heard you guys use allegedly a lot on like one episode I was listening to. And I was like, that's one of my favorite yeah. words that I actually learned on assignment in Chicago. Was because the guy that was leasing the apartment said it's a Walcott group. Fantastic. Shout out to the Walcott group. Ari, Ari used to say, I come to him like, Ari, these people really need this apartment and they have this and they they experience this. And he would always go, allegedly. And I was like, Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Maybe some bullshit because people try to run game on this sweet little girl from the south in Chicago on the south side. So run um, <laughs> I'm like, give him an apartment, Ari. And so, um, so yes, I was like, it's time. And so I submitted and I, and my boss could not have been more supportive. The people that, I, cause I was there for six years, over six years, wow. could not have been more supportive and was like, yes, it's time for you to fly. So it was just up to me to do it. That's so cool that you didn't write it until two months or you wrote it and then didn't submit it for two months. So you I got scared. I got no, but I think that's so you cool. and I, you and I met for brunch one yeah, day. We did, and, and you were really leaning towards that. And I think yeah. we had that conversation. Like you're gonna know when that right time is. Uh huh. Yeah, you said and that, it, and it happened. I think that week. Yeah, and I was <laughs> you like, literally oh, I quit, texted Annie. me. Yeah, right. And I was like, I quit because I was also. I was like, I mean, I can say this. I'm gone from the company. I was looking for another job, and it was like. Mm -hmm. And I was like looking and I was like, ah, and I was like, okay. And he's going to help me with my resume and cover letter. And I was just like, 
I don't want to go and work anywhere else. It was like, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to do that. And I also felt that anywhere that I go and anywhere I would get hired, even in the position that I was in, I was like, I'm taking up space here that's for someone else. And I had to get out of my own way in order to allow space for someone to be as excited and have their dream job fulfilled, just like it was for me six and a half years prior. Right. Well, so you created the, under that umbrella, you created the, you created I Am Free, which are monthly workshops focused on yoga, meditation, and intention setting. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is intention setting? And why am I doing it wrong already? <laughs> You're not doing it wrong. You're just doing yes, it this way. Okay. No, right. no, no, no. Doing He's it. doing it wrong. <laughs> okay. Fair. No, okay. Well, so intention setting is, I, I said, I got the idea of I am free when I was like, um, went on my first t- first trip ever to Europe in 2017 with Jennifer Pasloff, my co-host of my, uh, my podcast. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to talk about your podcast in a minute. Oh, yeah. And so we, um, and so I'm in Italy and I'm like, wow, this is so great. I am free. I'm free. I'm free. And mind you, I'd gotten like engaged like three days before that. And I was like, yes, I'm going to Italy still. Like, I'm still going to go on my trip without you. You got engaged? Yes, child. Two, three, three days before I was going to Italy. Peace out. And I was like, I was like, I was like, maybe he was trying to make sure that I didn't step out while I was over there, but I should have, but like, no. So I did. And I was good. I was good. I was good. Oh my God. But no, and I was like, dang, I'm free. I was like, okay, I can do this. I, I can lead workshops. And, you know, Jen is a dear friend of mine. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I um, learned intention setting um, actually at a workshop with Jen and, Oh, hi. One of the first ones that I attended, um, of hers like years prior. And I'd wrote down like the universe. I said, universe, make me ready for love. And it was an intention that I said that I was ready to, you know, um, get off my bullshit of like saying, Oh, I don't want a relationship. I don't want a relationship really deep down inside. I was just scared, but out cause I just didn't know how to do it. And like, literally two days later, I met my now ex fiance. So it, it forever is, is, um, forever is non (laughs) forever (laughs) is what it is, right. Forever could be seven years, forever could be 77 years, but I was made ready for love. And I was made ready for the love that I had at that time, which I'm super grateful for. I'm grateful for my experience with him. He's a He's a great guy. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, I just kind of like, I've never been to Ojai, but I feel like their only exports or imports or anything yeah, is yeah. green juice and acid. So, like, I don't know why. Like, oh, Ojai is oh, like beautiful wine country. Oh, oh it is? Okay. Oh, yes. Ojai is beautiful. It's Maybe so, they get Joshua Tree. Maybe Joshua Tree. You're is. thinking of Joshua Tree. No, Ojai is like acid. the best. Oh yeah. Oh, hi. It's gorgeous. I need and to so go there. You should go there. It's really pretty. And so I learned intention setting then and intention setting is like really, it's about not just like saying, okay, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. Like make this whole list of things, but there's also have to have action behind it. So yeah. you got to do the work. So right, you got to so set your intention. I'm, wrong. I'm just yeah, not doing you, you the work. <laughs> you can't just write, I'm going to fall in love and then sit it there. You got to go out and put yourself out there, bro. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, I do want to ask you too. I, I want to 
with age about, appropriate people more specifically. <laughs> with age appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I do want to ask you about meditation because I am a perfect candidate for meditation, but I just don't do it. Annie, I'm not sure. Do you, uh, do you meditate Annie? Um, yes, but not in the traditional way. I, okay. uh, and not in the way that Ace and right. I joke about either. Um, <laughs> Which is what way? I will we don't need to get into that. Um, but no, I I tend to meditate when I'm like in the shower. Okay. Like that's when I kind of just let my mind go blank and I just kind of refocus myself. It's also where I go when I need to have like a good cry. Yeah. Um, so shower. I feel like the shower is like my safe space. And so I don't, when I say I don't do it in like the traditional sense, I don't do a lot of like guided meditations. I should because I know they're so beneficial and I've done some of ACE's workshops where we've meditated and it's always impactful. Um, but no, so I think I consider myself to do it, but I don't do it in the way that most people consider it. Well, ACE, what would you say, like, what would be some advice you would give to a beginner? Like someone who, who's maybe just dipping their toe in the meditation pool. Um, well, <laughs> well, I would say welcome. Um, prepare to be changed. Um, but, but how would they? How would they go about starting to like? I, I like if I came to you and I was like, I don't know how to meditate at all. Like, what would you say to me? We would take four breaths together. Oh, and then I would say, there you go. You just meditated. <sighs> I'm already feeling better. And I just took one out of four. Yeah, look at I'll that. Three three more, in three more, you'll be floating. Um, <laughs> why, is meditation, why is meditation so important, do you think? I think meditation is important um, because it gives your it gives you a break. Honestly, I think it just gives me a break to sit and be still and know that, okay, I'm dedicating this. I started, you know, my meditation journey at five minutes. And then the idea of me sitting still for five minutes seemed like unheard of. And then like 10 minutes. And now I do 20 minutes, um, 20 minutes twice a day. And so um, not every day I don't do 20 minutes twice a day, but I definitely do 20 minutes every day where, you know, that takes time. And so really it's a, it has been something for me where I feel lighter. Um, I feel like I can observe things rather than absorb them because it's like, okay, is this mine to pick up? And you can really take a second to assess, especially with my, um, my natural want to react. It has um, allowed me to really like stay calm in situations where I would have normally gotten really fired up about. Um, And I still get a little fired up, but it's, it's different where, and it's also really intentional. And so it helps with intentionality um, as well, I feel like. And starting, just starting, I would recommend anyone just starting with a minute. Like I said, Bryce and I just took some breaths, right? And that's meditation. And even like in the shower, in the bath, like just really a, a water meditation, like said guru talks about how when you take a shower, at the end of the day, it's literally just like immersing yourself and like just really fit literally and physically like feeling things fall off of you. And so we carry so much. So for me, meditation has been something that has been a game changer. I've been doing this this one specifically um, for the last 17 days now, and I'll do it for 40 days. And my teacher, Tracy Stanley says, do a one meditation to embody it fully, do it for 40 days. And that's, um, and that's something where I've noticed a big difference. And 
uh, how, like I said, light I feel. And also if I don't do it in the morning, I kind of feel a little, you know, it's a little squirmy kind of throughout the day. So, um, yeah, meditation is, it can be super intimidating. I totally understand that. So I started with the calm app, you know, I started, and I still have the calm app because I'm grandfathered into this great rate of it on an annual plan. So I have it anytime I kind of feel like I need some extra guidance. Um, and also the sleep stories that are on there too. I just think that more people don't realize that they're meditating when they actually are. (laughs) I agree. Now that now you saying this makes me think that maybe I am meditating. You are meditating. Bryce Bryce is is not (laughs) meditating. And here's why I say that. Because he never stops to breathe. Ever. (laughs) Like, truly. Well, this is what I was going to getting into is that, I mean, this has got to be very effective for your mental health. Oh, Meditation. It's got to be just like, because that's why I feel like I'm a prime candidate for this. Because I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, and then also I think that, you know, it, it can be intimidating because people think they have to turn their mind off. It's like, no, like stuff will come up. And when I'm sitting here meditating, like, I'm like, I should not be thinking about that right now, but I, I recognize it and I see it. And then it's just like, okay, like I, I sent it on its way, but that's easier said than done. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's just some like walk in the park because it's not like even I went to a meditation teacher training last year and I still found difficulties in remaining consistent in my own practice. So that's well, why you I see that in yoga too. I mean, people mm-hmm. are like, you know, if you, if you are feeling something, feel it and then let it go. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, I think it's probably the same type of t- same type of thing. So everyone feels like meditates differently too. It sounds like. Which- yeah. I mean, and that's, that's why it's like, I did a, I did one of our classes. I literally sat in the bathtub for one of my sessions, my meditation teacher trainings um, last year. And she was like, that's awesome. I was like, I'm in the bathtub, you know, because <laughs> this is where, this is why I need to be right now for school. You know? Like- <laughs> <laughs> right okay. So without giving away too many of your secrets, what do you, what do you hope people, what is the biggest thing that you hope that people take away from doing a workshop with you or doing a class with you? What's your, what do you hope that they take away from it? I, my biggest thing that I hope that people take away from whenever they come to a workshop or a class of mine is recognizing the completeness that they are, that they're complete as they are, as they were born complete um, and that they were born in love and they're worthy of love. um, And uh, because it's, it's our essence. And I say that, and I mean that um, because a lot of people feel, you know, I sometimes they're like, oh, my parents had me by accident. And it's like, well, no, I mean, you were, you chose your parents. I feel like I chose my mom um, and to bring me to this earth, (laughs) you know, but I feel like when I, what I, my biggest thing for people to take away from any time that they're sharing space with me is that you're enough and you matter and you're beautiful and the bravery that it takes to just get out of bed every day and do what you do. I don't care how loved up on you were a child as a child growing up. And I don't care, you know, where your surroundings, where you came from, you still matter. You still matter because for far too long uh, in my life, I, um, I was not using my authentic voice. And I think because it was, it was shattered really 
early on, unfortunately, by some unfortunate things that ha- that I experienced. And so I said, I'll never, I'll, I'll, I'll never go back to that place again of like not acknowledging my light and hiding it and therefore, you know, uh, creating a space for other people to see theirs. This is why you're the teacher that you are. <laughs> just like right there. I told there. you. Like, I told you. Like, it's like she's just, she just is like a ray of sunshine. I can't Thank get over it. Thank you. Yeah, I love seriously. you guys. Well, and we were talking before, for when we were texting, all three of us, you, you mentioned um, beauty in rejection, like finding the beauty uh-huh. in rejection. And I wanted to know, like, how can people train their minds to react accordingly with that sentiment? Like, cause a lot of people find obviously what you were saying before there, we're grieving the death of something or we would re- get rejected and then we take it so personally and internalize it instead of finding the beauty in it. Well, God, the, this, this came about, this conversation came about because I um, had thought I had experienced something that, I mean, it even goes back to my relationship ending, right? It was like, oh my gosh, this, even though it was something that my idea, but we are both kind of on the same page about it, but it still was rejection. And also like in me stepping my toe into the dating world for the first time in eight years or some, something like that, where it was like, I'm all in, I'm an all in kind of person. And so when it comes to friends, my work, anything. So if I'm vibing with someone, I really enjoy their company. I want to hang out with them. You know, I want to, but I also have been told that I'm overwhelming and I'm too much and I'm this and I'm that, but it's like, okay, so then you're not my people. You're not my person, but I still feel a little bruised by that. Um, sort of rejection, right? I mean, because I'm a human being. Um, and recently I had an experience where someone had shared, like, it, it, it could have been to another person, like, oh my gosh, just like heart wrenching. And I'm never talking to a guy again. And, 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 um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting myself out there anymore. I'm not sharing how I really feel, but I was like, you know what? Okay, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for this rejection. Thank you for thank you for letting me know. Thank you for creating this boundary because it's just showing me that it's weeding out the people that aren't supposed to be in my life and making space for those who are, making space for me to be able to start my own business, to be able to take the leap of leaving my job. Like in my last relationship, I wouldn't have been able to do that at all. Obviously, like it's very obvious in talking to you that you've done a lot of work on yourself, um, which I love about you. And but I'm curious if you think a lot of that wisdom with like the beauty and rejection has come with age or do you think it's very specific to the fact that you've worked so hard on yourself? Um, Oh, that's a great question, Annie. I I, am. Yeah, it's a really great question because I because I have because I do have to sometimes step back when I am having a conversation with someone and realize I have done a lot of work um, Mm -hmm. and because I've I've needed to because either I do this work or I die Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and quite literally. um, But I think also it comes with age, too. I think it comes with like um, when things are happening, because as you're getting older, you're experiencing life, right? The more experiences that you have, the more things you put yourself out there for. So if I'm not putting myself out there, if a person stops putting themselves out there, then they stop experiencing. And so mm-hmm. then they stop living, in my opinion, then what is the point, right? Yeah, sure. You can never get hurt, but you won't ever feel, you won't ever live. And no one wants that, you know, like no one wants right. to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
I think that it's, I think it's, I think it's both. Um, I would say, um, because I have, I would say both because I know people who are twice my age who have yet to realize, acknowledge there, there can be so much beauty and rejection and Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not personal. Right. I mean, it, 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 it's hard to separate that because when you are dealing with people, but at the end of the day, if someone's rejecting, it's not you they're rejecting. It's not your worthiness that they're rejecting. It's just that this wasn't for you. Right. And so yeah. it takes a lot of work to recognize that. Trust me. Like I it's like, oh well, my gosh, what do you mean? How could they say no to me? This basically was put here for me, but it's like, no, it wasn't. So yeah. Well, I mean, here so often when people, you know, it's like, oh, whatever people do to you is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. But I like how, which is kind of parallel to what you're saying, but I like how you say it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Because when you say like, it's not a reflection of me, it's a reflection of them. That's kind of just deflecting everything mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. Whereas when you say it, when you phrase it the way that you're saying it, like, oh no, that just wasn't meant for you. It does kind of help clarify things even further. And I guess there's more of like a hopeful part of it, I guess, um, or a positivity to it. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. That. And, and it also is like, um, and it's also like, you know, not the, the, the toxic positivity either that comes with it. Exactly. You're just, you're right. Recognizing like, okay, that's not for me, but then also you can say it really sucks. It hurts my feelings that I didn't get it and sit with the fact that it sucks. Mm-hmm. Sit with the fact that, you know what? Yeah, that was some bullshit. They chose wrong. Yeah, and then then move on, right? And then so so you're not like sitting up here being like, okay, it wasn't for me, love and light, but like really deep inside, you're ready to marry people, you know? She's gonna blow. Annie's also also thriving in her 30s, and I think that's where you're where maybe you were coming from, Annie, because you've just said how this decade, especially, has really been so great to you you feel like you've come into your own really whereas opposite of me but you feels like you really like it's really like opened you up and I think that's so cool because you I feel like you have embraced that you have like reached that point of enlightenment I'm still pretty far down the list but maybe I'll (laughs) get there I I feel like I I feel like I woke up on my 30th birthday like suddenly very content with who I was very like if you don't like me I don't really care like that, I just all of a sudden had like this new sort of air about me. And I've spoken on that a lot because I'm almost 32 and it just seems to keep getting better. And yeah. so um, it, will. it will. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I just, I love that. Yeah, it absolutely will. It absolutely will. And I remember turning 30 and just being like, okay, you know, like <laughs> here's life, you know, like I'm going to get married soon and you know, all <laughs> this stuff and I'm going to have kids and a house and a, and I'm going to be a stay at home wife. And I'm going to live in the fifties. I'm going to live in the fifties, you know, like, which is so hilarious. It's like, what and was I so- even opposite of who you are it's so opposite of who i am and like don't get me wrong i definitely look forward to the day where i have like a am in a committed partnership and even understanding the the word partnership is different Mm -hmm. like even how i approach like when i'm talking or dating someone or talking to someone entertaining some sort of new situation it's like this is not a partner so i don't have time if 
yeah, you you could be fine. I could mm -hmm. look at you pretty yeah but that's about well, it our traditions just aren't our our traditions aren't our parents traditions it's right. just not the only people that would be like weirded out of i'm single in my 30s are the people that are old like the older generation like yeah. my parents and my aunts and uncles not that they're like talking about me but maybe they are <laughs> but, like i'm just saying that it's weird to think that yeah. they but i don't i it doesn't even cross my mind that someone who's like in our generation our age it like Anyone in my family would even be remotely thinking, oh, this is weird. That's weird that he's like, you, I mean, you know what I, I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bryce, you'd be so, I grew up in the South and you'd be surprised how I, um, when, you know, most of my friends got married right after college, kids, so 25, 26. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what a where I'm going to be working in three days, right? Like, that was literally me. And I was like, well, oh, yes. it's like, They'd have a baby shower and I'd be like, well, send it to the office address and make sure you text me because I have no idea where I'm going to be. I'm going to try and fly in and fly out. And that's been like, you know, but you'd be surprised even even to this day where so many people's identity is wrapped up in other someone else mm -hmm. and the best with the best intentions. Right. Like it's wrapped up in a title. It's wrapped up in belonging to someone else rather than owning who they are individually and then coming together in a partnership. So yeah. yeah. Annie, what were you going to say? I was going to say, as you were talking through that, because we came from a very similar situation as ACE, like being in Nebraska, everybody gets married right out of college and starts right. having kids. And so you and I may feel differently because we both moved away from that so quickly. But I mean, I get asked all the time why I'm not married yet. And like, well, same, but are know, they people that are, are they people that are our age? Oh yeah. My girlfriends back home have asked okay. me multiple times, like, why, when are you going to have babies? And not that I, I don't I guess take if you're in a, if you are in a committed relationship, that might, that would be, well, just, yeah, that's and have been be for, yeah, know, for a long time. <laughs> but I mean, that's but, what works um, for you guys. You know, you're doing yeah. what works for you. And I think that's what every, that's what I mean sort of by tradition and traditions of our parents. It's like, that works for you. You're not in a rush to get married. You're not in a rush to whatever. I mean, you guys have been yeah. together for a really long time. This works for you. Stay. Well, like, and why? I will say, I've never gotten that from my parents. See, never that's, once. yeah. And neither have I. I've never gotten from my parents too. And that's awesome. So another thing that you did in 2020, which is, I don't know why you're trying to show us all up, but you, <laughs> you started a new podcast last October with your friend, as you mentioned, Jennifer Pasteloff, called What Are You Bringing? Yeah, you've, you've had some serious, as we would say on this podcast, serious somebody <laughs> on your podcast, including guys, everybody, all of our listeners. This is why you need to go right over to listen to her podcast after this, because it you've had Laura Brown, the editor in chief of InStyle Magazine, the real Aaron Brockovich, and Krista Vernoff, who is only the showrunner and executive producer of a little-known show called Grey's Anatomy. So how do you get these people on? First of all, how do you like having a podcast? How do you get these people on the show? And can you please forward my resume to Krista? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yes, and yes. Okay. okay great. So, Thank you. Um, no. I honestly, like my bestie Jen and I, it's, it's really Jen. Jen is the connector of all, you know, getting all these dynamic people on um, our podcast. And we have, um, we have so much fun. Like we just have a really good time. Her and I, 
I met her and her retreat in Ohio, and actually 10 years ago. And I, it was just a click. It was like we clicked. And oh, during the pan, like last year, we actually ended up talking every day and really connecting. And we do like these funny Instagram videos together and stuff. And people would be like, we love you. We love you. Like we, we love your friendship. We would love to hang out with you guys. You guys should do a podcast or show, whatever. And we're like, we should do a podcast. And we're like, well, the <laughs> podcast. Us. And, and, yeah, and that's exactly. like, Jenna had all the equipment already. So it was like, oh, you already have all the equipment. I was like, let's do a podcast. So here we are. <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. And we're like, we'll figure it out. It'll, it'll come together. And that's really Jen. And then there's me that's like, Digging aside, okay, structure, branding, this, 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 and all of these different things because I come from this like corporate world for so many years that Jen's like, it'll work out and it always does, right? <laughs> so we're great balance for one another. And so we decided, yeah, let's start a podcast. And we did the first episode without a producer. Um, and we were like, okay, so we should probably get somebody to help us produce this because we don't know what we're doing. I think I hit up Annie and was like, okay, what do I need to do? And then she read down, it was like too many texts. It was like one too many text messages. And I was like, oh yeah, no, we got to get somebody to do this. <laughs> it was one too many. I was like, oh no, girl. Uh-uh. <laughs> the, way, the way I'm set up and the way that Jen is set up, this shit will be sitting on shelves for months. Like we'll get ourselves CD at Columbia. And it was like, no way. So we got our awesome producer, Aviv Rubinson, who um, we both met by um, doing, Jen has done some work with Yoga Journal and I've done some work with Yoga Journal. And so he was like, yeah, it's what I do. And so we kind of got this team together and our first um, our first guest was Elizabeth Gilbert because her and Jen knew each, knows each other, who is, she's incredible. And so, and same with Krista Vernoff, um, Jen is great friends with because Jen did this thing last summer um, where she helped raise money over $150,000, I believe, for people to um, who couldn't buy food, who couldn't feed themselves. And Jen is Jen and I both are huge into philanthropy. And so she's just like, how may I serve? That's her mantra. And so, you know, we have a great time together. We just honestly, it's like a virtual barbecue. We have to have you guys on. So we'll figure it out. Oh, um, so yeah. yeah, so we'll I was just going to get into, so the name is, what are you bringing? Meaning, so tell us, tell you yeah. just mentioned it. So, what is that? What is the origin of the name? So I, so I was like, I came up with it because, um, it was like, okay, what do you bring into the barbecue? And like she, Jen had already kind of ideas about who he wanted to interview. And it was like, okay, so Elizabeth Gilbert and all those other people It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you're New York times bestseller. You've won Academy Awards. Great. Awesome. But really, what are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to life? What are you bringing to the community? And so I was like, let's call it, what are you bringing? And she was like, I love it because we went back and forth on some other names, but um, we, you know, it's, it's, it's a really nice, like, I, I like the title and a lot of people it resonates with because I get this, what I wanted us all to think about individually is what are we bringing to life instead of just reaching in and taking, 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 what are we bringing to, are we bringing the table? Are we bringing anybody to the table? Are we helping set up? Are we helping to clean up? Are we, or are we just showing up, you know, as um, Snoop would say, didn't put in on anything and then like <laughs> taking the biggest portion. Right. And so it has caused um, us both pause to think about kind of every day. Like what are we bringing to this day? So yeah, it is, I love it is, that. It is so energizing and it's so much fun. We, um, 
we just it, it like it's a virtual barbecue with your best friends and best friends in your head and hopes people to be your new best friends. So. <laughs> yes. Annie, yeah. what are you bringing to the table? Yeah. What are you bringing? Oh my goodness. Like to our actual barbecue that we can have soon. Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> our vaccine barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that Ace and I had this conversation about what we bring to the actual barbecue and you have to bring something that everybody's going to like, but that's not going to show up. Yeah. Um, like any of the food the aunties are making. Oh, yes. that's good. That's yeah, a good yeah, yeah. You so you, don't you learn that early. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't show up with like a mac and cheese because no. they've got that recipe unlocked. They've so you got to choose. Yeah, so you got to choose something that's going to be appropriate and not get you kicked out of the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, or never invited back, at least. Yeah, never um, invited back because they um, won't kick you out, but they're gonna tell they you about you like a dog when you leave, girl. <laughs> All right, well, Ace, well, now it is time for the mom question. Okay. So Annie and I love our moms a lot. And for these somebody sessions, we thought it would be fun to ask one of them to submit a question to ask our somebodies. Today's mom question comes from Annie's mom, Lori Wilkinson, aka Mama Wilk. So Annie, will you take it away? Yes, and you know Mama Wilk. I love um, Mama Wilk. Shout out to Mama Wilk. <laughs> yes. She actually submitted two questions. I'm going to go with just the straightforward one first. And then she asked a little bit of a deeper one. Um, so the first one, she just recently bought some of your candles for my brothers. And Woo, she, I love that. <laughs> yes. And she purchased them based on the name. So um, I know we didn't get super into your candles, but there's four, correct? Five I am, now. Oh, with joy. Uh-huh. Okay, so you have, but they're all mantras. You have, yeah. I am beautiful, I am love, I am free, I am brave, I am joy. Yeah. Did I get them? Yeah. Okay, so, so Mama, Wilk, Mama Wilk got the boys, I am brave and I am free because, she, because of those specific mantras. She said she didn't pay close attention to what they actually smelled like, but she was curious if you were going to launch any sort of like masculine or more masculine scents. Yes. Yes, okay. that is that's on the that's definitely on the plan for this year because um, I've have a a lot of guys who have been asking me um, about that, but then also I love more masculine scents, mm -hmm. so um, absolutely yes, perfect, <laughs> love that. Um, also, I do as I'm pulling up that next question, I do want to say for anyone, we will put all of the info for your for your yes. candles and everything you do on the Instagram and everything like that, you guys. These are the best candles you have ever Thanks. smelled in your yeah. life. I tell her every time I order some <laughs> that I want them in like a body oil to rub all over my body. <laughs> They're working on it. <laughs> They're unbelievable. So I cannot recommend them enough. I, um, and I think I need a feminine smelling candle anyway to kind of like mask the musk in my apartment. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I that would be good. I got just you. to make you feel like you have a girl's presence around. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tell that me my girlfriend Thank you for really nailing yeah. the nail and hitting it on the head. Thank you, Annie. Um, okay. Dream too to really seal it home. There, it there we go. I like that. I like that. Um, okay, so this next one, um, you always say that I'm going to preface it a little bit because it's just to give people context. Um, so you always say that you're a reluctant member of the motherless daughter club. And you've mentioned um, before that you lost your mom at 19. Um, my mom lost her mom when she was 29 wow. and two days after I was born. So she is also a reluctant member of the motherless daughters club. 
Um, and she said that shortly after her mom passed away, she read or saw somewhere that a girl grows up the day her mom dies. And she felt it was very true for her, especially because she was suddenly such a new mom. Um, and she she was curious if you experienced the same thing um, or if you you know felt like you really grew up once that happened. Um, thank you for sharing that, Mama Wilk. Thank you so much. Um, because, well, not only did she grow up that day, but she also was rebirthed too as a new mom. So, wow. Um, so, be- so beautiful. Um, beautiful. And so beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, I knew my mom died five days after my 19th birthday. And I knew that my mom was going to die very soon after my birthday. And I think that the moment that she did, something zipped up in me where it was like, okay, I'm all alone now. Mm-hmm. And um, even though I have my brother two years older than me, um, but, you know, I still had to figure a lot of stuff out um, for us because he just, you know, couldn't do it or wouldn't do it. I don't really know at this point, but I had to do it. And um, I think that I took on both having to mother and father myself um, at that age because I didn't have a father growing up and I just turned 19 and responsible for everything. And, Mm -hmm. and that, and at that moment it was like, okay, this is what I need to do. So I don't, I don't have, I didn't have in my head the thought that I had the luxury of not just always completing tasks. So mm-hmm. it really, this, this really hit home for me when I decided to become an entrepreneur because I'm so used to things finishing and completing tasks and moving on to the next, but this is something that's forever. And what's great about this is me becoming a, um, a entrepreneur was because my mom was a entrepreneur to her core but she couldn't do all that I know that she wanted to do because she had to work so many jobs in order to make sure that my brother and I stayed safe and was fed and was just held and loved um, and really showed up to support us in all the activities that she had us in. So this is almost like my, it's her, not like it's her and I doing this new adventure together that I knew in my heart of hearts when I turned 19, I said, this didn't happen by accident and her death was definitely not in vain. So mm-hmm. I am a reluctant member, but I'm also grateful for her, our time together, our very short time together here on earth. Um, but also grateful that she was able to set me free. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, yes. I, I just have to say, cause I know Bryce producer Bryce is going to step in and move us along to the next thing. Um, <laughs> I have to say, no, but I just, I think that you are one of the only people I know that in every single aspect of your life, it's like, I feel like your life moves in a circle in a good way, meaning you are so intentional in every single thing that you do and everything you do has pull through directly to who you are. And it's, that's so rare to see in people, especially, I know you've made comments a couple of times that you're ancient and things like that. You're only like 35. So you're not that much older than us. Yeah, I'm 37. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you turned 35, but 
Okay, but that's basically the same thing. And to meet someone that is only 37 and has such intentionality, I don't even know if that's a word, but such intentionality in every single thing you do, and it all circles back to your intention of who you want to be. And I just think that that is so rare and so unique and so admirable. Um, And I know you do a lot to work to be that way. And so I just hope you realize how much it pays off. Oh, thank you so much, my love. Yeah, I, I, re- I received that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I just want to say, I just want to say thank you for for sharing. And Mama mm-hmm. Will, thank you so much for those amazing questions. Yes, this is you. why we do this. This is why we do the mom question because they're always the best ones. They're the best. It's like, oh my gosh! I need now. I need to go like sit like at Mama. I know. Now you need to go sit in the bathtub. I know. Like your bathtub, and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) or like you know, just like something. But those are that's such great questions, and it's not something that I've really thought about much. just because I just keep moving. So I really appreciate you seeing me, Annie um, and um, Bryce. And uh, cause this work is, it, it's who I am. And so that really means the world to me. So thank you oh, so well, much. You're, I mean, you're incredible. It's, you're it's really amazing. All right. So to end, end our somebody sessions, we like to ask everyone the same three questions. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I think okay. so. We're gonna bring it back. rapid fire. So just yeah, and we're gonna bring it back to our brand, and these are all pretty really stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bryce, do you want me to do it? Yes, please, Annie. Okay, the first one is: What is your favorite hard seltzer? White Claw. Okay, is that a good answer? <laughs> it's the only one I know. <laughs> There's somebody on the market now. <laughs> and that's how you get served when you come to my place. Yes. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> um, okay. The second one is what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, this is going to be good. Don't yeah. chase it. Be it. Say it one more time. Don't chase it. Be it. Ooh. Well, you embody that oh, every single day. That's so good. <laughs> um, okay. The last thing is what do you think you are an expert in? And this can be completely irreverent too. Yeah. I, I'm an expert in, I think that I'm an expert in feeling all the different emotions that are in the world in one day. <laughs> Love that. And teaching people how to do the same. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much to Ace for joining us. You can and should follow her on Instagram at Ace Yoga LA. And to take online classes or attend a monthly workshop or buy from the I Am Candle Collection, please visit aceyogala.com. Again, that's aceyogala.com. And also, please listen to our podcast, What Are You Bringing on All Podcast Platforms, new episodes every Thursday. Ace, did I miss anything? No, you didn't. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. We love you so much. This was so awesome. I love awesome. you guys. This is so this much is fun. So fun. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. For our listeners, really quick, if you guys are not following us on Instagram, please do so at Nobody's Pod, at Annie underscore Wilk, and at Bryce Advice. Same on TikTok. Twitter is at Nobody's The Pod. Same for our personals. And you can always email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. Please, if you listen on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. And please go buy one of Ace's candles. You will not regret it. <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. You. Thank you, guys. Mate, thank you. Please wear a mask. And we hope you have an amazing weekend. And more importantly, a mediocre week.
Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded remotely in small, crummy apartments in the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.